All right, welcome. This is Talking During Movies, a weekly podcast where the conversation is driven by key moments and quotes of the film we are watching. Sometimes our guests have seen and know what movie we're going to watch, and sometimes they come in cold. There's three ways you can enjoy this podcast. Just listen. You can listen and drink with us. Listen, drink, and watch the movie. If you want to know in advance what movies we'll be talking over, follow us on Twitter at Talk During Movie, or follow us on Instagram at Talking During Movies. Want, to talk, want us to talk over your favorite movie? Email us at talkingduringmoviespodcast at gmail.com. Talking During Movies is brought to you by The Experience Firm. Define, design, deliver. Now, the CEO of Experience Firm was supposed to be here today, but he flaked out last minute, so I'm not going to read the copy he gave me. I'm going to say they do crazy shit, fun shit, and sometimes dumb shit, but they'll challenge you to be different and set yourselves apart and have your customers and your competition talking about you. So give Elijah a call and more likely just give him shit for not showing up. And also, I am personally fueled by Austin Beer Works, probably the best beer in America, definitely the best beer in Austin, Texas. It is so damn good and so refreshing. Every month, I will challenge you, the faithful listeners, to drink the brewery dry with me. And on that note... open a cold one and we're gonna get this going finally we are brought to you by the dark the dirty the worst gay bar in austin texas but the best dive bar in austin texas dirty bills our hq our home away from home this podcast will go a lot of places but no matter where we go this dirty bills will always be our home leslie thanks for having us we appreciate you our guest today is my friend uh basketball player, writer, knee surgery survivor, wine drinker, beer drinker, and 1987 talent show winner covering breakdancing from Electric Boogaloo to Breakin' to David Hawley. David, thanks for joining us, man. Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me. Of course. Now, today's film is Fletch. You haven't seen Fletch. I have not. I'm surprised that I haven't seen it, but uh, it's like one of those when you, back in the day when Blockbuster existed, <laughs> you would walk around and be like, oh, I should watch that movie. Uh, and then yeah. you move on to something else. But then there was a new film, and there was one left, uh-huh. and there's six Fletches, and you're like, eh, there's always going to be Fletch. Right. Fletch will be there on that Saturday afternoon where it just pops on TNT. That's true. And you know, so the reason I picked this, and I wanted you to be a part of this, a uh, couple of reasons. One, Fletch, reporter. You, reporter. Yes. Uh, Fletch, basketball player. Yourself, basketball player. Um, Fletch, fake names. I... Don't know if you have any fake names or use any pseudonyms or anything like that. Uh, no, definitely writing. do not tell my fiance <laughs> that I have any fake names. I don't have fake names. 
<laughs> I do not have fake names. So for those of you that don't know about Fletch, Erwin Fletch Fletcher, who goes by Jane Doe, is a writer for the Los Angeles Times, an investigative <clears throat> journalist. And one day, Fletch is addressed by Alan Stanwyck, a rich man who asks him, as he's playing a bum, a favor. For the sum of $50,000, $50, Fletch should kill the poor cancer-ridden Mr. Stanwyck with a gun so that his wife will get the insurance money. What the guy didn't think was that Fletch was Fletch's real profession. Returning into his normal life, Fletch instantly takes up research, not only to find out that Mr. Stanwyck is healthy as life itself, but he also runs into certain connections between drug dealings on the beach, Mr. Stanwyck, his private jet, the police, and some very expensive land in the very, very famous Provo, Utah. Fletch was put out in 1985. In the first weekend, it made $7 million. Uh, budget was only $8 million, so it did pretty good. Gross, $50 million. Cultivated worldwide, $59 million, so evidently not very big outside of the U.S. I can understand why. Uh, you will find on our website a list of cast members and who they are and who they play. And here we go. Let's cue this movie up, party people. We are at... The very beginning with 14 seconds, we're hitting play here, 15, 16, 17, and you are now officially queued up as the sun comes over the earth. And I want to start note this that movie. it's a very realistic premise that a <laughs> journalist might kill somebody for $50,000 because that's more than a journalist will make in their entire career. <laughs> well, I think we, we, we first we really do know that journalists... It's one of those really great professions where you get to write about comedies. For instance, you you write about startups a lot. Mm -hmm. um, you get people to notice them. More than likely, a VC reads your paper, sees that, writes them a check for five million. You get your ten percent of that five million because <laughs> you wrote the article, right? And uh, you probably also get a piece of the company as well. Unfortunately, it's not how it works. Uh, it might be nice, but um, there's that little thing called conflict of interest. So then they buy advertising for your publication to pay you more money because they got money because you wrote an article. My answer has to be uh, there's a separation of church and state between the business <laughs> side and the editorial side, and I have no idea what advertisers are paying us. Yeah, that's interesting. It, fe it feels like you guys get the raw end of the deal yeah. uh, as you help people be successful and at the same time uh, don't don't have that billion dollar like there's not a time where you write an article and you're like well I mean that's an IPO at a billion dollars that's that's a that's a hundred million clicks right there mm -hmm. no yeah it definitely happened I uh, I think the theory is that we uh, are idealists right but that's mm -hmm. actually just kind of the asshole answer <laughs> like, we're idealists we're poor poor idealists with great grammar right and moderate grammar, most well, moderate grammar. <laughs> some great, some yeah. moderate. Uh, you know, it, it all. Especially when you're uh, an investigative reporter like uh, Fletch here, you typically are a worse writer. So, have you ever? I mean, you. So you've you've done this quite a while. Mm -hmm. You were at Bloomberg. You've, you've been quite a few places. Mm -hmm. Did you ever have a pseudonym for writing, or did you just always go with your name? Oh, just always my name. Um, yeah, I mean. I only know a few people that have that typically would pick up a pseudonym. Um, Mostly on air, like my friend yeah. Jane Wells. Yeah. that's not a real name. 
I didn't know that because all the journalists I knew before I ever met Jane were print mm -hmm. and they just all use their real name. Yeah. And then there's Jane and I'm like, oh, hi Jane, how are you? <laughs> What's her real name? Uh, can't, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she does not want me to say that. It's very close to what Jane Wells is, uh -huh. um, God bless her. But then I see, I think like my friend Lori Siegel at CNN, she, that's her real name, hmm. I believe. Some people are born with it. Maybe it's Maybelline, <laughs> I don't know. Um, so, if you were to have a pseudonym, what would you? What do you think it would be? Um, well, my parents were going to name me Daniel, and then my dad just forgot and started calling me David. So I guess I would go back to <laughs> Daniel. Are you um, going Daniel Holly? Are you going to Daniel Holiday? I mean, hopefully, I'm more creative than that, but you know. But I'm, there's a story behind it. So if someone asks, like, yeah. "Well, you don't know my real name because I'm giving you the real name that my dad forgot." Right. So you are getting my real name. Not my legal name. The main thing that I'm looking for is just sympathy there because <laughs> clearly why my dad doesn't care about me. Just just a little sympathy. Just want people to cry. So as we as we comb through the movie here, um, you know, Fletch, investigative journalist, he's out there, he's on the beach, he's working a drug case. Have you ever thought about being an investigative journalist or has there been a time where You've been writing about a company, and all of a sudden you come up and you're like, hey, you know, there's something off here. I'm gonna, I'm actually gonna put on my investigative journalist hat here, not take the press release ad hoc or the CEO's quotes or the PR person who calls you up and says, no, trust me, this is how it is, and um, and, and dig in a little bit. Yeah, I mean, sure, it, it happens literally every single interview, uh, okay. especially with a CEO who's gonna have a company line that they are reporting out there mm -hmm. and oftentimes it's just sort of something that is only like a half truth yeah um, you can clearly tell that there is either something more to be said or something that's being unsaid uh, it's easy to just numb your mind over a little bit while some of those company lines are being pushed out there and not think to ask wait what does that mean what does that mean but the idea is that you should be always asking why and what does that mean do you read other people's stuff and see it side by side and go, wait a second, they didn't, and your boss comes to you and says, hey, uh, maybe the local business journal here uh, in, in the great city of Austin mm -hmm. um, just copied the press release and then you ask some questions and you almost come out with two different articles sure. on the same company. And does your boss go, um, I'm sorry, but which, which one? <laughs> or does the CEO call you and say, hey, which one? Well, I mean, yeah. What do you mean, which one? Like, so, like, these articles are the same company with uh -huh. the same general news. However, uh, you have a, one is probative and one is fluff. Yeah. And the fluff and the probative make it look like they're two separate articles, even though oh, they're totally. reporting on the same news. Yeah. No, I mean, that happens a lot. Uh, unfortunately, you know, sometimes people go with the fluff and put the fluff out there. It's, uh, I mean, it most you probably won't don't like to admit this necessarily, but it does definitely feel good when you have not just written the fluff and there is fluff out there. <laughs> now, I, I, ideally, we wouldn't have any fluff just yeah. circulating. I know that in public relations, ideally, you will always have some yeah, fluff out there oh, for depending on the companies. My but, ass is so jealous of my mouth for all the shit that I used to spew out in PR. Yeah. <laughs> oh, totally. Oh, totally. Yeah. There should be a PR company where it's like, our asses are jealous, we do PR, uh -huh. and I think it would be successful. Because at least everyone would know. Uh -huh. You're like, all right, so you represent the Kardashians or some other famous person, R. Kelly. Go have fun. Knock yourself out. No, for sure. So um, Fletch, he's at the beach. He's having a good time. Stanwick comes up. 
offers him a thousand dollars to get in his car and drive somewhere and listen to a proposition. Mm. In 1985, yeah. I mean, my parents were putting me on a bus in Whitefish, Montana, and I'm taking an eight-hour Greyhound bus ride down to Townsend, Montana. Did they and give they, you a thousand dollars for it? They didn't. That's what's. That's where I feel like I got ripped off. But I also feel like they were just trying to get rid of me, and they're like, I mean, shit, if he makes it, <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll feed him. If he does it, okay, that's okay too. We're we're not that we're, we're not that wealthy. Right. Um. And I was a fat kid and and ate too much. But I'm wondering. Sure. Would you do that for a thousand bucks? If I walked up to you on the street and I said, hey, I've got a thousand dollars, but I need you to get in my car and we're going to go to my house and then I'm going to talk to you. Well, I first would ask you if you were going to adjust for inflation because in 1985, 2018, I mean, maybe we're looking at what? $10,000? Yeah, $5,000? Let's go, let's go 10. Let's yeah, go 10. 10 but then do we put it in the case of that time period where taxis are limited, especially Los Angeles, mm. ooh, and no Uber. And no Uber, no, so I can't get out of this situation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're standing on the street corner, just tapping. I'm, I'm going to get out of here. Uh -huh. Is there a cab coming? I don't know. Is there a cab coming? What the hell's going on? Yeah, you know, I feel like this happened to me when I lived in New York, and I said no. So you said no? Yeah, that's not true. It didn't. But I, I, I think I would. I mean, I've been, I've been offered money to do. I think dumb yeah. things before, but I, I mean, I said yes every time. Yeah, I feel like you would. Yeah. <laughs> you would definitely do it. <laughs> I mean, we were we were driving. We weren't even offered money, which was yeah. weird. We were driving from uh, Seattle down to San Francisco. Picked my buddy up at Linfield College, right outside uh -huh. of Portland. Linfield, yeah, yeah. Good, he's a smart guy, smart guy. And uh, we pull over at this diner. We're hanging out. I mean, this is road stop classic diner. Mm -hmm. Platinum blonde hair, pineapple earrings, waitress, you know, little heavy set, mm -hmm. long nails with stuff gunked in it. She's a tetanus shot away from killing everyone. Yeah, it sounds like Oregon. Yeah, it sounds like Oregon. And then uh, her husband's in the back as the fry cook and, you know, no hairnet. There's just, it's it's a weird place. Are you sure you're not describing sideways? I could be describing sideways. This is, no, no, I'm not drunk enough yet. We're good. Uh, so as we as we go through the whole thing, what's what's interesting is... There's another table of, of people there, young people there about our age, and we're hanging out, and the gal's like, hey, I gotta go wait on these other people. And I said, no, I'm really interested in your life. I go, I'll just buy their stuff, or just invite them over, and we'll all have a conversation. And they just looked at us, they could have been serial killers in training, and they just said, hey, uh, we're really excited, we're going to Mexico. We're trust fund kids. Do you wanna follow us to Mexico? <laughs> and I was like, man, sure. My buddy's like, we should call our parents. I was like, yeah, I'm going to call my parents, my mother, who's religious right, makes the sheriff of Nottingham look like a freaking left-leaning liberal. Sure. And say, hey, by the way, I'm following three strangers, two girls, one guy, to Mexico to stay there for a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. I don't think you'll mind. I'm going to miss a week of college as well, by the way. It does sound kind of biblical, though, like a story you might get in, I don't know, Ezekiel? Epic journey for sure. <laughs> epic journey for sure. Um but I don't, I don't know that it, it worked out in my favor. Maybe it didn't. What year was this? This was 1993. Yeah, see, mid-90s. <laughs> nothing bad happened before <laughs> no, the mid-90s. We we've already cured AIDS, <laughs> yeah. right? I mean, crabs is almost gone. Uh -huh. People aren't really talking about herpes. Mm -hmm. We're good. Totally. Mid-90s, I had a Honda Accord. I got great gas mileage. I think I filled up three times going down, going all the way there. Gas Gas prices had dropped dramatically. It was like 99 cents yeah. a gallon. It cost me less money to go there than to stop in San Francisco and hang out there Yeah, and drink. So it was the right choice. Oh, probably the right choice. And did it for free. Imagine what I would have done for a thousand bucks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, and speaking of money, 
and propositions, and let's not adjust for inflation. Mm-hmm. Fifty grand. Yeah. Is that enough to kill someone? No. <laughs> you said that really, really quick. Yeah. I mean, Alan makes a makes a compelling argument uh-huh. that um, he's got a he's got a passport. He's got airline tickets. He can go hide in, in Brazil where extradition is hard. Hmm. Uh, Fifty grand. Yeah, I mean, you're not getting caught. Like he already took a thousand dollars. Like he's so going to take another fifty grand, right? The question is: it another fifty or is it forty nine? Oh, that's true. I mean, this guy doesn't seem that cheap. He's got a chair where Chevy Chase can sort of like re- relax, recline in it, and seem casual. And I feel like people that have that nice of a chair, pretty rich. Pretty rich. I think I'd ask for more. He didn't even negotiate for more. He was like, 50 grand? Uh, yeah. I think I'm in. I don't know that, one, I don't know that I dislike someone enough to, to kill them. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, that's pretty harsh. Mm-hmm. I think it's much more fun to fuck with them for the rest of their lives. Interesting. That's really sadistic. It really is. <laughs> I, because I would feel like, I feel like God's up there going, I mean, I gave you this personality for a reason. <laughs> Have a good time. <laughs> don't, don't kill God, him. God thinks about you that much? <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm on his watch list. Yeah, he's, I mean, <laughs> this guy's been fucking with people. A lot. <laughs> he's like, we just want to keep him alive a little bit longer. He's uh-huh. got a kid now. Has he learned his lesson? Uh-huh. You know that, that poor kid. That, oh, she's 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 doing, a sweetheart. She's a sweetheart. I don't uh-huh. know. I don't know how or why. Yeah, it's amazing. It is. It is absolutely amazing what uh, what she tolerates. But I, I do wonder, in all of that, fifty grand. I mean. It's not, you know, let's adjust for inflation and let's say we do the 10 exits. Let's say it's $500,000 now. Uh, $500,000. I don't think that's still enough. No, yeah. I mean, in general, I wouldn't be good enough at killing somebody and getting away with it. Well, that You don't watch enough Dateline. That's true. <laughs> but they always get caught, don't they? Pretty much always do. Um, I mean, you know, it's, it's Dateline's a, a key factor in knowing how to not commit a murder or a crime. Uh-huh. A, and B, if your wife or fiance watches a lot of it, to start eating out more. Mm. You mean you are eating out because you don't want to be watching Dateline? Or no, you're... because you don't want to be poisoned. Mm. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Or, or die in your sleep in some weird way. Yeah. She's like, hey, look, I made you a martini. I know you like them. You're like, you know, I'll just go down to Dirty Bills and get that martini. I'm, I'm good. Yeah. No, I, that's the right call. Yeah. I recently read an article about a girlfriend who bought a samurai sword and attacked oh. her. I'm sorry, a samurai sword? Yeah, yeah. She taped it to the side of her bed so she could attack him there in the middle of the night. And he survived. First of all, I got a lot of questions. Oregon, yeah. Oh, yeah, so Oregon, okay. It's just Oregon or Florida, right? (laughs) (laughs) I don't understand the tape. Like, I could understand Mm -hmm. going to Home Depot, Mm -hmm. grabbing two little Mm U-hooks, maybe drilling them in the side of the bed. Mm -hmm. I know it's going to cause a little more damage. Drilling them in the side of the bed. Mm -hmm. And then it just hangs there, right? Yeah. But the tape part, you got to take the tape off. Well, I may be misremembering. I mean, I just read this article very quickly. And I'm just thinking of the noise. Yeah. I mean, one, if she's already pissed at me, he's like, Jesus Christ, how much more fucking noise can you make? And mm-hmm. then she's getting madder. Mm-hmm. And then the tape's not coming off. So now mm-hmm. she's more upset. Mm-hmm. Then the sword's sticky from the it's tape. It's almost like you've imagined this scenario personally. <laughs> I'm imagining it right now. I'm imagining how annoyed I am to where I'm just, I'm turning my back to her. And I was like, can you just shut up? Are uh-huh. you, you're the worst. Why would you? And then she's like, <laughs> You're like, what the fuck is going on? You know what? I'm going to go in the... And then I'm dead. Does your mind immediately translate every scenario you think about into a Seinfeld episode? Because this sounds like <laughs> George dealing <laughs> with like trying to kill somebody with a samurai sword. George is like, I'm going to get this off. <laughs> Keep licking stamps. Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> you know? 
<laughs> no, keep looking. This is uh, going to be okay. It just seems like the most frustrating way to get a sword off the side of the bed. Uh-huh. I mean, it's good for a samurai sword, though, I applaud. It was, it, if it was a real a really samurai sword. Move, yeah. And it seems it was, like she really respected him to kill him with a samurai sword. Is she Japanese? That's unclear. She yeah. had. They did note that she had blue hair. Blue? Okay. Um, yeah. She's not Japanese. Yeah. Can be Oregon. Can be Oregon. And, I mean, the samurai sword. It's, it's a bold choice. Mm-hmm. I don't think they sell those sharp for a lot of reasons. Oh, that's true. That's an interesting point. So that's also probably why I survived. If somebody offered you $50,000 to sharpen their samurai sword, would you? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, I would, I would do that in a second. And then yeah. I would just kind of, you know, be quiet. Try and walk away quickly. Yeah, no, 100%. Yeah. I'd, I'd be like, okay, um, I've sharpened it for you. You know, the, there's, a, there's a guy here in Austin who makes swords. Really? Yeah. Uh, that makes sense. What he does, he, um, yeah, he does, um, he makes, I guess, the sharpest swords. Mm. Uh, he, I had a friend come out here and do a piece on him on weird, weird business. Wait, so you, you just said that he makes the sharpest swords, and yeah. I took that as truth based on your, like... Just based on how I... I yeah, conviction. your PR, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I found the best way to lie is to lie with conviction. <laughs> It's just to go in and just, mm-hmm. if you say, a co- I was sitting with my buddy, we were, we'd graduated college and some of our friends, the girl softball players were playing and um, I was I was dating the catcher and our other friend played shortstop, who when oddly enough swung the bat once and dislocated both her shoulders. You huh. think your knee surgery is bad. Yeah. She dislocated both shoulders. Yeah. She got super long arms for a hot second. Yeah. Looked awkward. But, I mean, she's got power, clearly. You've got a lot I mean, of power. Like, it's, <laughs> it's really or shitty genetics, right? Yeah. It's one of the two. It's like, one of the two, yeah. You are. Get off the steroids. Uh-huh. Please, piss in this cup, not standing. And, um, or shitty genetics. Uh-huh. But uh, we're sitting there, and they have this bright green ball. I went to a small college, NAIA Division One, I think. What college is this? Uh, this was uh, Southern California College in Costa Mesa, California. Okay. Yeah. And bright green ball. And he's like, oh, look at that bright green ball. And I said, you know, they've got that bright green ball because a lot of NAI schools uh, play between 4 and 7 p.m. And the sun's going down and they don't have lights. They can't afford the lights. So it's easier to see the ball, whether it's popped up in the sun, especially at dusk. And he goes, that's really cool, man. That's, I didn't know that. I go, oh, no, I just made that. Up. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I believe that too right there. <laughs> and he just, yeah. he just walked away. Yeah. My best friend in my life is just like, mm-hmm. I, I fucking hate you. Yeah. You're a liar. You haven't talked to him since? No, we, we talk all the time. And he, opens, a, he, open, he opens up with, you're just a liar. Okay. I mean, every time. He's like, how are you going to lie to me today? Yeah. I said, hey, you know, I don't. And that's how I discovered it. And that's, and that's exactly how he got rid of me. So, yeah, as, as we just, as we jump through, um, Fletch's one, we're, we're going to, we're going to, I, I, you can't miss this part of the movie. He goes to the tennis car club and there's an asshole mm-hmm. and his wife and the guy's being a dick to the server mm-hmm. and they come, they go, excuse me, sir, this is a private club. And he goes, that's okay. I'm a guest. And he goes, who you're the guest of? And then he overheard the asshole saying, you know, who he was. And he goes, I'm the guest of the Underhills. Mm-hmm. And he goes, oh, well, Mr. Underhills left for the day. He goes, no, no, it's just an optology exam. He'll be back later. Well, can I get you anything? I'll put it on the Underhills tab. Now, if you get free reign to order anything sure. on someone's tab. Yeah. You doing it? Oh, yeah. If, especially if they're an asshole and you don't have to meet them. Yeah. And if I already got in, the, if, if I'm like at the point of sneaking into a club, then it doesn't matter yeah. what I do after that. I've already committed the crime. <laughs> You're like, so might as well double down. Double, double down. Yeah. Like, and so he orders a steak sandwich and a steak sandwich. What would you order? I mean, I would 
one, I'd buy people some rounds. Mm-hmm. I would order. I mean, it's a country club, so I would want to be go Oprah on it. I would. I would yeah. get people shots though, yeah. and, but bad ones. Uh. And, and not, <laughs> not that addictive thing. Not bad. I know it's a addictive thing, right? But I'm like, I'm assuming most of you people here are assholes. So <laughs> let's go with that. Uh-huh. And um, I'm gonna buy some shots. I'm gonna have some fun. Uh-huh. Uh, more than likely, it's gonna be it's gonna be something that for the average person is going to give them a shitty hangover like I'm going to buy everyone Quantro shots mm, yeah. so they just get diabetes mm-hmm. you know I think it's pronounced Bettis Bettis Bettis, Bettis. Yeah. Wilford Brimley his mustache I think fucked up the pronunciations I don't oh know that's an interesting theory heavier mustache heavier mustache uh, I think I think it interrupts proper lip movement and he had a huge mustache I mean that man made Burt Reynolds blush Carmelo seems to be able to pronounce things pretty well and he's got his is his isn't bushy over the lip his mm-hmm. is just thick across the lip it just it's just a heavy mustache fair enough it's a good mustache I'm yeah. jealous of, of, of the mustache sure so as we run down here um, one of the things in this movie about 30 minutes into it we talked about this in the beginning, some fake names. Fletch, Fletch has used uh, a litany of fake names. Mm-hmm. Um, he goes to the proctologist to try to find out more about Alan Stanwyck and see whether he has bone cancer or not and whether he's really dying. Uh, he goes with the name Babar. Um, Babar. When he's in the hospital trying to get Alan's file, he, his name is Dr. Rosenpenis. Mm, yeah. Uh, when he hits on Gail Stanwyck, Alan Stanwyck's wife, he calls himself John Cocktoston. Huh. Uh, and then, of course... When he goes and visits Alan Stanwyck's father-in-law, Boyd Aviation, mm-hmm. to find out where Alan is taking his private jet once a week, he calls himself Mr. Coon and says it's Comanche Indian. Interesting. Is, would that joke fly nowadays? See, I don't think. I don't think any one. Yeah. I mean, I think people are so sensitive now. I I don't even think you can get away with Dr. Rosenpenis. Rosenpenis. I mean. You think so? I think that would carry because that's very similar to uh, um, the pen, pen, penis mightier. Oh, okay. Okay. I think that that people are generally okay with penis John Cocktoston. Mm, John Cocktoston. Yeah, I don't see anything. I mean, am I missing any kind of like potentially racist thing about Cocktoston? No, think so. I think it's you know unless he's like and then said I'm a coxman or something like that. Yeah, but okay. The main issue is cultural appropriation. I yeah. think with the uh, well, Mr. Poon. I, I guess cultural appropriation is the wrong phrase. But, I guess it's just uh, it, it's a, it's assuming. Well, it's weird because right because you can I mean now like you can assume a gender. I mean I can right. I can just be like hey I, I, and 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 be, be gender fluid. <laughs> yeah. I can be female and uh-huh. male and then and then I can be gender neutral. Uh-huh. Um, I think we all learned uh, well not we all I think a young lady learned her lesson when she pretended to be African American. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah I forgot didn't, about her. Didn't fly over well. Yeah, I think it's good that I forgot about her. Um, I think it's good to remember now, but yeah, I think it's fun to remember. I think um, it would make a good T-shirt. Yeah. Instead, of, if, if we did a concert T-shirt, but it was all the dumb shit white people did, yeah, and just put on the back like, "Do you remember?" Oh, yeah. And then the date, and then the person's name, and then the city where they're at, because I think she was in like Spokane, Washington. Yeah, she was in Spokane. Yeah. Yeah. So then you just put date, her name, and the city, and then it's like a tour that's of solid. dumb shit white. I think people that's do. A, I think you got you got a remarkable <laughs> thing there, and you can put it right next to the stuff white people like. Uh, book, you know, oh, the coffee yeah. and etc. Oh, et right. Dumb white people, dumb, dumb shit white people oh. did, and stuff dumb white shit. People. We just we just do the website, we do the shirt, uh-huh. and we can historically we can go back uh-huh. and go all the way back. 
I mean, to when we when we crossed, that's turning into a very big shirt. Well, I think you just break it down into into areas because there's yeah. just a lot of dumb shit that white people have done. Oh yeah, yeah. And I mean, and oddly enough, continually just keep trucking along like it doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, there's something about like the institutional uh, like privilege that white people have where they think they can keep on doing dumb shit and not and not care. Yeah, just kind of walk away and be like, well, I mean, I don't know if you knew this, but. Uh, no, no, we did that. Yeah, well, in, in in particular, it's white men. Yeah, no, it's for sure white men. Yeah, like I that. mean, it's very rare. White women are are getting are are getting their theirs, you know, uh, sure. a little bit. Real Housewives of Orange County probably helped a lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that show. I don't know which Bravo show is the most frustrating to me. My future wife watches, she a, lot watches Bravo, a lot of Bravo, and each one. She turns on, I'm like, oh, those are the worst people I've seen. And then there's another one that comes on, and I'm like, oh, wait, those are the worst people that I've seen. Like, these people aren't real. No, yeah. There's no way. We got, we were in Newport Beach, and uh, I was drinking at my buddy's bar, Mutt Lynch's. Uh-huh. 40-ounce schooners of beer, trailer park iced tea, PBR, scoop of ice, a uh-huh. couple squeezes of lemon, effervescent, light refreshing. Wow. And they came in to do some filming. And um, we had little tiny roosters. Yeah. And we were making jokes. Yeah. And my buddy would pour me a drink and I'd be like, hey, you know, Mike, I'm super sorry, but there's a cock in my beer. Uh huh. Can I get another one, please? Sure. And everyone would laugh. And the yeah. drunker we get, the, oh, the that dumber the flies. It just flies. And you can keep on telling the joke. Oh, yeah. The more the drunker you get. Yeah, yeah. Because, and then people, you know, the only person who stops finding it funny is Mike, who's pouring beers. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, poor guy. <laughs> poor guy. He's like, this is why we have a limit of five schooners. Uh huh. Jason, you've surpassed that limit. <laughs> we hate you. Uh-huh. Uh, but they're like, oh, can we join you and can we film this? Sure. And yeah, I was like, sure. I mean, that's when you love The Real Housewives. I, I, I'd love to be on The Real Housewives. Oh, I got that gal hammered. <laughs> I got her hammered. Uh-huh. Hammered. And her, this was when she was married. I guess she's divorced now. But oh, Because yeah. of you? No, no, no. Not because of me. There's there's a different story there for a different different podcast. <laughs> um, where are we? So this is what I this is what I love about this, right? So mm-hmm. we don't. Let's see here. Um, so now we've 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 gone so far here. Uh, let's see here. We are we're now with our dear friend Erwin R. Fletcher at we are we're thirty almost thirty minutes into this. Twenty five minutes in. If you're following along at home, kids. Impressive. Impressive. Thank you. And. He is now uh, flirting with Mrs. Stanwyck, trying to have a little fun there. Sure. And see, did I just? Oh, yeah, there we go. Helping her with her tennis game. Um, is he super athletic or something? He seems like he's always. Is he as athletic as you and me? No, no, no. Yeah, I don't think no, I, I, I mean, knew that. I knew the answer to that question. That's that's a little aggressive. Yeah. That is a little aggressive. I, I real quick and for the people listening here and be like, I don't understand what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, played basketball last night and uh, Rob walked on and he said, "You oh, know, yeah. this is my court. I'm going to win." Oh. And I sat him down every single game. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me happy. <laughs> he had a couple game winners on him. He's like, uh, he only scored one, and everyone's like, it was the game winner, <laughs> which brings me great joy. Oh, that, yeah, I mean, it's your favorite thing ever. It just is. To, yeah, yeah. There, there literally is nothing that you, I think, enjoy more. Sorry to your daughter. But. <laughs> That's true. Harper's like, hey, Dad, why are you limping? Hit a couple game winners. She's like, oh, well, there's my dad for you right My there. dad won't walk in 20 years, but he hit a game winner. He hit a game winner. At 43, he hit a game winner. <laughs> in a pickup game in a shitty gym in Central Austin. And showed that guy it is not his court. Oh, such great joy. 
Yeah. Such great joy. Now, uh, was it a turnaround uh, jumper, mid, mid-range, a three-pointer? Or, uh, hook shot, first uh, one. Hook shot, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, turnaround jumper uh-huh. and three-pointer. Yeah. I did my trifecta. Oh, that is your trifecta. That really, it's only three shots I got. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I was a, I thought for a second here I was about to reveal how I play defense against you, but then I realized I shouldn't do that. No, you can. It's <laughs> no, super it's like, simple. Just, yeah. I just, Rob gets bored because I'll just. Oh, yeah. Well, he goes and tries to help no matter what. Yeah. Jason's going to hit a game winner. <laughs> Don't go help off Jason. Yeah. Guard Jason. Try and block his shot. The yeah. rub goes and helps. And, uh, yeah, someone throws me the ball. Yeah, I'm get, I get lucky. Put it in the hoop. Yep. Mm-hmm. So we um, we played out, and then in the very last game, he missed his free throw, so he couldn't play the last game. He started taking his shoes off, and I thought this was funny. He he didn't. He left in kind of a huff. But yeah. I asked if he wanted to ref the game. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good victory. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's, really... that, that's a complete story from <laughs> this is my court to uh, walking off angry because he didn't want to ref the game. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he likes to ref them when he's playing, so I right, thought it would right. be fun if he actually just ref the game. Yeah. I mean, he and he does ref kind of like an NBA referee where probably 40% of the calls are right. Yeah. Probably 40%. None of, none of his calls are wrong. <laughs> yeah. And he doesn't foul. So, uh-huh. which like an NBA referee. So, it's fantastic in, in that. Um, it's a, uh, you know, it's, and sorry for that, folks. For those of you that don't play basketball with us or don't play basketball um, as, as middle aged men or mm-hmm. women, uh, you don't understand the joy that, that it brings, even though you can't hardly walk the next day. It's, it's fun. Yeah. I mean, I was literally laying on the couch for four or seven days last week because of basketball. And yet, I still came and played the first day that I felt like I could walk. Yeah, and then you did you play on Sunday again? Yeah, I played on Sunday too. Yeah, Yeah. Sunday games. Yeah, that's. I mean, it just really makes you feel like you're a dead person playing with those twenty somethings who have energy and life and joy. Just in cartilage. Yeah, yeah. No surgeries, no Uh pain, no bills. Just running around free, jumping, jumping high. Yeah, I mean, how they can do that. Yeah. And then, and okay. also, then how they lose. Well, yeah. I mean, they don't understand what an old man game is, <laughs> which is the fundamental of basketball. It is. It's like old man strength. It's like uh-huh. your dad. He's just always, he's got something. Yeah. I can hit that shot. Yep. It doesn't matter if you try and guard me. You're going to foul me or I'm going to hit the shot. Mm-hmm. It works. Yeah. It works every time. Nick's getting that old man game. Nick is definitely getting an old man game. That little turnaround thing, I know he's going to do it, where he flips the ball yep. underneath your arm. It is the most annoying shot of anyone yeah. there that, that we play with. That he always makes it. Always, makes I respect it. that shot. I hate it. Yep, I can't do it. Yeah. Oh no, it no. doesn't make like physically in the parameters of the court. It doesn't make sense nope. that he can actually get that angle on it, and that's why I hate it. Yeah, and he flicks it up every time. It's just it's yeah. a weird thing. Yeah. I, God bless him. Yeah, how he figured out how to do that is amazing. He is. Yeah. Nick's an interesting man. Yeah. So as we're talking about basketball, Fletch is on his way home. He is divorced. He's going to pay. He's going to use his thousand bucks, pay a little alimony. Um, he's a Los Angeles Lakers fan. Mm. Loves the Lakers. Wears mm. a Lakers jersey, Kareem or Magic, sometimes worthy, uh, but basically Kareem or Magic. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, you know that that passion for hoops. I'm wondering, one, if you had the talent, where would you have played college ball? Where would I play college yeah. ball? Oregon. I'm, Oregon. A, I'm an Oregon Ducks fan. 
Okay. Across the board. So that means that means you're not going to the pros. But let's say. Right. <laughs> <laughs> is there an Oregon Duck player that's? I mean. Do you not remember last year NCAA tournament final four? Final four, five of the starting or five of the six players that got the most minutes mm-hmm. went to the NBA. Really? Yeah. Dylan Brooks is a starter on the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, Tyler Dorsey is mm-hmm. a bench player on the Atlanta Falcons. Um, who else is there? Oh, oh, uh, Jordan Bell is on the world champion uh, Golden State Warriors. And he's a getting big minutes. Well, he got injured recently. Those Still, our three leading scorers in the Ducks last year that took us to the Final Four and should have beaten uh, who was it? North Carolina. North Carolina. But Bell missed a couple rebounds right in the last couple minutes, and uh, they went to the finals and won. Now we're in the thick of March Madness. Been a lot mm-hmm. of upsets. Mm-hmm. The uh, uh, I, I picked in one bracket: Virginia and Michigan State each other in the finals really so that brackets as you say busted busted yeah yeah uh i had picked montana to beat michigan in my bracket mm, and in the first half it was only a two-point game mm-hmm. and it was one of the ugliest games i'd seen in college basketball a long time it's very rare sure. that I, I watch anything athletic on television and go i might be able to help <laughs> <laughs> but I, well, if i watched them play and i was like uh-huh. If you guys don't want to move or have motion, yeah. um, I for sure can help that. I can definitely stand there and hit that shot. Yes. If you just let me stand there <laughs> yeah. and you don't want to play defense on the other end uh-huh. and everyone, I mean, there was 10 minutes where no one scored. Mm. That's not ideal. Brutal. You know, the, uh, yeah, the thing that I always remember is that the shortest guys and the guys that look even shorter than the short guys mm-hmm. are as tall as me. In any of those games. Yeah, they are. Maybe not in college, but definitely in the NBA. Maybe. Yeah, that's true. Like yeah. Matthew Delavidova, who is God's gift to that common man for watching NBA and feeling mm-hmm. like, oh, I can do that. Yeah. Is uh, a freak. He's six one. He he could destroy us on the basketball court, <laughs> like with his eyes closed on one leg, one hand. He's a he's a he's a freak. Yeah. And he's not like a great NBA player. No. He hustles better than anybody that I've ever seen. He's a Jeff Hornacek of this generation. Totally. Yeah, I think that's true. He really is. Now, so you're going to Oregon. Where are you going to play your pro ball? Uh, pro ball. I mean, ideally the Blazers, right? Yeah. Staying in Oregon. Staying in Oregon. Paul Allen. Small market, so I can get that big contract and mm-hmm. be the franchise player. There you go. Mm-hmm. You've, you've, got, um, you've got that famous shoe store uh, uh-huh. that only uh, yeah. caters to. My buddy John Keeling, who um, played over in Europe from Portland, Oregon, he's 6'11". He's almost seven feet tall. He blames his addiction to a caffeine and stunting his growth. That's rough. Yeah. That's rough. Could have been NBA. Could have, could have been a real basketball player. Mm-hmm. Um, he uh, he gets his shoes made there. All his dress shoes made by those guys. Known really? for years. Yeah. Wow. Good yeah. for him. And is he sponsored by them? He was at one time. He's not anymore. Right. And then we used to do a pub crawl sponsored by Adidas. Hmm. When I lived in Portland, uh, O'Brien's to Oblivion. Okay. And nice. we would, you know, it's classy. Yeah. Uh, we would stop at that shoe store. One of the guys that was in my group knew the owners, and we would drink beers upstairs with them and watch them. They'd show us all the orders of all the players, but for sure, every Portland Trailblazer. Yeah. There. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Killing the game. Oh, for sure. You know, doing, but they, they service almost every NBA team, at least every star in every city. Really? Yep. Wow. 
Yep, they do uh, shack shoes. They do a bunch of stuff. Interest, interesting model to create if, in a small market city. Oh, sure. Now, if you were going to make your own shoe as Shaq did in the 90s, mm-hmm. would you use Shaq's logo? No. no. Uh, I would... Um, I would like to do almost, almost like Stretch Armstrong, but in respect to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, almost a hook shot where the hook is all the way down the end of the shoe and the ball's right there at the big toe. That's pretty good. I like it. You know, uh, to do the hook shot or the effortless worthy dunk. Uh-huh. You know, because uh-huh. it seems like James only Just jumped like high enough. Falling. Just, <clears throat> he's like, I don't want to extend too much energy. Right, right. Or that, or the James Cooper three pointer with the socks up past his knees. Oh, I mean, almost like almost like Catholic schoolgirl nylons. He's, he huh. pulled those white socks up over his knees. You have an interesting fantasy about James Cooper. He's <laughs> <laughs> an interesting player. <laughs> Won a lot of games. Uh-huh. Oh, Coop, uh, unrecognized LA Laker. I would yeah. for sure if, if I were if I, if I could go back and I was. Taller and more athletic and not as good looking. Uh-huh. I would have gone to a, a real college and uh, I would have liked to have played for the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't really care. I would have. I would have to go to a really isolated, good college because yeah. I'm a teetotaler. So if I went to a party school, I would. I mean, yeah, I would just drink. I mean, so I, I lived in Newport Beach when you I would went have to gone college. to like Davidson or something. Or yeah, like, I would have had to. Yeah. Or I'd have been like it was the the, the kid who. Um, uh, Marinovich, who finally got out of from his dad's wing, and you know he's snorting coke and doing meth right. and drinking every day, and he's like, "This is amazing." Right, life right. is life, life is happening to me. Yeah, wow. Have you been high before? And be like, "Yeah, when I was ten. Like, I don't do it anymore. <laughs> What's wrong with you?" He's like, "I was homeschooled. I do a thousand push-ups a day." Uh-huh. It's him and Herschel Walker, batshit crazy. See, I was homeschooled. I didn't do push-ups. I I wasn't homeschooled the whole time, just for a couple of years. I would eat nachos. You had nachos every day? Oh, yeah. You, you know that scene in Napoleon Dynamite where he's got the big block of cheese? Yeah. That, literally, that was me. Like, I think they must... I must have known the people that made Napoleon Dynamite because I would just sit there and work you that big block of that cheese. big block of cheese and have nachos. Oh, yeah. I love nachos. Nachos are great. Where's Did your... you know that nachos were invented uh, in Piedras Negras? What? Mexico. Nope. Uh, they were invented in America. Ah, not true. <laughs> Near America. Near Eagle Pass, Texas. Right across the border. In America. Uh-huh. They Really? That's where they invented nachos? Yeah. It's actually, that was my greatest accomplishment in Bloomberg. I convinced my editor to include that as a fun fact uh, or as an aside mm-hmm. um, to give context about uh, Constellation Brands, which had bought a brewery in Pagers Negbus. And I was like, oh, I happen to know that nachos were invented there. And gave my editor enough proof to include it in the Bloomberg story. Really? Oh, it was great. See, that's I, yeah. I didn't have to work anymore after that. I felt you're like, like I'm done. Time to retire. No, Dawson. Time I'm out. And you're you're in Bloomberg in New York. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what's your New York and then Austin uh, favorite place? Best nachos. Best nachos. Mm, uh, my my kitchen. You're in your kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> you're like I even make actually best nachos. Uh, yeah. The, the the basis of a good nacho is being simple. So if you want to include anything, it should just be a jalapenos. Okay. But you want simple cheese and chips. 
So your sour cream, your guacamole, your salsa. Dishes on the side. On the side. Definitely on the side. Because otherwise they can't. You don't want to sog it. Sog it up. I mean, that's the main problem with nachos is that, and that's why I don't really like uh, cheese sauce nachos Mm -hmm. because by the end, and of course you're going to get to the end. Yeah. You're eating nachos. You're an adult. It's soggy. Yeah. And you want that cheese to get hard and be on a crispy chip. Now what about the center of the chip mountain that always Mm -hmm. is missing cheese? It's now, it's just, it's just. Oh, uh, I mean, it's it's inevitable, but I mean, ideally what you should do... you layer it out? Yeah, as you layer. You put like a flat layer of chips and you get cheese on all of it, okay. and then you do another layer of chips and put cheese on all of that. Interesting. Mm-hmm. There are right now people losing their minds going, there's not even one nacho scene in Fletch. <laughs> <laughs> the guy doesn't eat fucking nachos. And it's why this movie only grows $59 million. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Can you the Mexico numbers would have been through the roof. Exactly. If after Provo, you'd have uh, flown to Mexico uh, and been like, I'm just, I'm here doing a story on, on nachos. Uh-huh. Uh, under an investigative story. Sure. Uh, trying to figure out what happened with nachos. I mean, there really is not enough uh, out there, information out there about nachos. It's interesting. There's not. You just assume that it's... It's at every decent sports bar mm-hmm. and every bowling alley. It's true. Which is weird for, and I have a big problem with this. I don't understand the idea of finger foods at bowling alleys. Because mm. I don't understand taking my fingers, putting them in the three obviously dirtiest holes yeah. on planet oh, Earth. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And then saying, here, have some nachos put or, these, or put fried mushrooms. Yeah. Put your fingers in these. Yeah. I, I think it's a great point. I, I, I've never thought about that. I mean, I don't bowl um, anymore because of it. You gave up bowling. I gave up. Because you have to have finger food Because I while ha- you're bowling. Well, I'm bowling. So I have an excuse for why my fingers are greasy and why I threw the gutter ball. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, again, it's, it's about me. Really it's cyclical. Making, yeah. Really cyclical. Uh-huh. I will go to a bowling alley and drink white Russians, though, because out of respect for the Big Lebowski. Now, speaking of the Big Lebowski, yes. um, my father was the inspiration for the dude the lawyer for the inspiration of the dude really in the 1960s 70s uh the seattle seven have you heard of seattle seven no i haven't do tell please um they were a group of uh like political activists that were being investigated by the fbi mm-hmm. my father defended them in court one of the guys jeff dowd mm-hmm. went uh on and met the cohen brothers and he was the guy. He's called everyone would call him the dude, and the Coen Brothers built the Big Lebowski character around him. Wow! Your dad kept him out of jail. Uh-huh. Yeah. Interesting. I talked to Dowd earlier this year, just getting some background if I ever mm-hmm. read anything. He's a nice guy. Comes to Austin sometimes. He's a producer now. Really? Yeah. He apparently did uh, Fern Gully. He did Fern Gully. Uh huh. Produced Fern Gully. Allegedly. I haven't looked into it. I don't know if I'm putting that on my IMBD or not. If I'm calling them going, leave it off. I feel like there's a big group of nostalgic 30-somethings that would be super into it. It was like, hey. You did Fern Gully? Wow. Wow. Andrew the Dude. Andrew the Dude did Fern Gully and still looks good in a row. Mm-hmm. I've got a buddy who is here in Austin who they call the Dude. He, they, he is the Their young Lebowski. The yeah, yeah. Our, Austin's version. Um, I'm probably going to blow up a spot on this, but uh, he's making a line of robes. Oh. But like the best. He, he, yeah, high quality. High quality. He has traveled over the last two years. He only stays in hotels that offer robes. Sure. Classy. Yeah. Uh, and as he does the robes, um, he'll, he'll make comments on them. He'll make notes huh. and try to figure out what's best about the robe. 
How does he uh, make sure the hotels have a room? I, I mean, I think it's price. I think some it's price. I, I think I think I think some of it's price. Uh, I think some of it is is a phone call if he does not know. Yeah, but he was staying in some airstream in the middle of nowhere, and they had robes. And he was super oh. excited. Um, but I mean, we will we'll meet at uh, Twenty Four Diner here, and we'll do a chat in the morning, which is two scrambled eggs, mm-hmm. two slices of bacon, mm-hmm. a cup of fruit, black coffee, mm-hmm. and a peacemaker from Austin Beer Works. Beautiful. Good breakfast. Yeah, and people will poo-poo us, right? They look at us like, I can't believe you guys are drinking. First of all, fuckers, let's get one thing straight. If it was champagne, yeah. you'd think we were the cutest couple in the world right, right next to Tarrytown, yeah. oh, and yeah. no one's batting their eyes at someone yeah. having champagne in the morning. No, yeah. Less alcohol, carb loading for as far as you may know, a big race, uh-huh. beer, delicious. So you're saying there needs to be less stigmatization about, uh, uh, stigma about drinking beer in the uh, Morning in drinking, morning. for sure. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean yeah. – does it? I don't know why we got. I don't understand why we put weird. We take words and we put a we put a weird weight on them. Uh-huh. I mean, I get it with cunt. I understand. Yeah, I think I think nobody. There's not one person arguing. Yeah. <laughs> we should use that more. Uh-huh. There's, there's one British person going, you know. <laughs> yeah, I really like it. The guy that just stumbles down the stairs every night drunk. <laughs> exactly. He's like, yeah, he loves it. Uh-huh. He's got bad teeth and he uh-huh. needs an excuse to go. Uh-huh. Um. But words, and then and then what time you drink? Mm-hmm. I, I, who cares? That's right. If I'm drinking at two in the morning or nine in the morning, yeah. What's still the, the difference? Morning. It's still the morning. Mm-hmm. You don't know what I did the last. Maybe I'll, maybe I'm getting off work. Maybe that's my shift beer. Right. And if that's my time when I get to drink and hang out, what does it matter? I'm with my friends. Maybe you're just feeling self conscious about it because they do serve the alcohol. Then so it seems like it's. It seems like it's okay. readily available. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, if it's readily available, it must be okay. I'm right? a big fan. I, I, I've always been a big fan of, of, of the morning cocktail. Mm-hmm. The morning beer, I should say. Yeah. Morning beer, little shower beer, they say, um, wakes cures up your brain cancer. better. Oh. Probably cures cancer as yeah. well. Uh, just, the FDA just won't say it out loud. Right. Not enough scientific evidence yet, but it's there. You know, I think the most relieving beer is the pre-travel morning beer. <gasps> so, like, you're going to get to the airport or you're at the airport and you're going to spend the day traveling. Mm-hmm. One beer, two beer, five beers, whatever. So now this brings two two things. Yeah. You really have hit on a beautiful point here. Yeah. One, now does your fiance, soon to be wife, uh-huh. does she does she do the morning cocktail or beer or champagne with you if you're going to travel? So, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, she's so you're like, we're going to yeah. go, we're actually, we're going to get to the airport mm-hmm. earlier. I mean, to spend nine dollars right. on a two dollar beer. I don't. I, I say I like to get to the airport early, and mm-hmm. then I leave the rest out. Okay. Just to you know, for my own edification of yep. like feeling good about myself. Okay. Uh, but yeah, that's the point. I like that. Yeah. See, I just, I, I, there's, there's something beautiful about the the lack of judgment in an airport bar. Exactly. That just says, I don't care what time it is. Yeah. Cocktails. It's the the last. Uh, it, it's like being. In open water, right? Mm-hmm. It's free space, no laws. Oh, it, it is. It's international waters of, uh-huh. of no judgment, uh-huh. which makes me think of this. And who's ever out there that has a checkbook? Email <laughs> talking dirty movies podcast, uh, t- talking during movies podcast dot com at, or at gmail dot com. Uh-huh. Um, so I want to do this hidden camera show. Uh-huh. You got to do it in one month. You buy tickets six months in advance on Southwest. You just buy the cheapest $49 fly anywhere, right? Mm-hmm. You're not going anywhere. It's just one-way tickets, mm-hmm. all of them. Mm-hmm. Three people, a chick, two guys. Okay. Good-looking lady, dollar up, 
put her in an outfit, mm-hmm. have her sit down at the airport bar. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't believe my flight just got canceled. Mm-hmm. But the air, you know, airline was cool enough. They got me a, they got me a hotel room downtown because I guess some of the other stuff it's all canceled around here. And I've got all this stuff. Can, can, can I buy you a drink? And she's sitting down next to a guy, buys a drink, another drink. She alludes she's buying she, him a drink. Yeah, she alludes that they're having a good time. Yeah, he buys her a drink, and then you know, you're. T- uh, last call, David Holly. David Holly to gate 17A. 17A taking off to Cleveland, Ohio. And then the video stops. And we ask the question Will he go? Will he fly to Cleveland, Ohio to do work? Or will he stay thinking that he's going to have? especially if he's over 35 and he remembers mm-hmm. penthouse forum mm-hmm. dear penthouse there i was in an elevator moving my couch in and this lady who happened to live next door to me wore a low-cut blouse with no bra and i was all sweaty and felt insecure until she's like i love musky men and then we had sex will he go or will he stay and when he stays as soon as they're like all right last call and then it's done she's like i'm gonna Go use the restroom, be right back, and then let's go. Yeah. It's like, oh, this is going to be exciting. This is, this is happening. I love it. And then she goes in, changes, mm-hmm. walks by, looks totally different, mm-hmm. waves to him, and he's like, <laughs> silly lady, I'm already getting laid. <laughs> Everyone's hitting on me today. Lick it on campus <laughs> is right over here. I'll be signing autographs a little bit later. Uh-huh. And then, bam, all of a sudden, cameras are still rolling. He's getting nervous. It's been five minutes. Yeah. Uh, bartenders, well, one more beer. She missed him. Yeah, probably freshened up a little bit. Right. Uh, no, don't get her a wine. It's fine. I'll just drink the beer fast. Just <laughs> and then 10 minutes goes by. And then he's on the phone. Yeah, yeah no, no, Tammy, I don't, it's the winds. Uh, no, they, 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 they canceled the flight. Listen, I don't I don't know why they didn't reimburse my ticket. Okay, I'm not. I got to put on my own credit card. Took a dark turn. Is this oh. his wife, his girlfriend, his secretary? We don't know. Oh, no. We just know that oh, now no. he's he, he's made a hard, hard left turn to Excuseville, and he's trying to cover his bases. Let's be clear. This is not David Holly. <laughs> <laughs> this is Daniel Holiday. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> Daniel Holiday. Uh-huh. Uh Yeah, and then and and you you play this gambling game online, but you have to kind of shoot them all. Mm-hmm. And then you leak them out once a week for a good year, and you just watch a lot of horny men lose their jobs. You know, I think the best part of this is how easy it is to shoot TV shows at the airport. <laughs> it's terrifying. <laughs> Airport's just like, oh, camera crew, yeah, come in. Uh, take take no, you time. take you take the little bags, right? You do the little bag. Like, oh, what's going on? You're like, oh, we're we're just traveling, and this is all we carry. And then they just cook uh, it all up at the bar, and the bartender's not going to know the bartenders are close. People are people ordering cocktails. I don't care. Is, is am I going to get it? Also, you have to wonder at the end mm-hmm. when it's all said and done. When he knows he's now not getting laid, mm-hmm. when he knows he's got to book another ticket, mm-hmm. he's got to find lodging, he's got to do something, make an excuse, figure something out. It really turns into a reflective show after it, that. It does. And then does Who he tip? Who am I? Does he tip? Wait, are you like... What, what, I'm wondering, like, does the guy leave a good edit? tip to the bartender? Oh, does he tip? I thought, yeah. I thought you meant, does he go oh, over the edge? Oh, for sure. He's already gone over the edge. <laughs> We're just hoping there's no... Anyway, he's over the edge. But does he leave a good tip? Is he like... I think that in and of itself, like who tips well, is a good TV show. 
just like hidden cameras on people while they're tipping and then calling them out like afterwards like hey you only left her 50 cents yeah why why? do you feel that was a lot yeah do you think that was a normal amount to tip somebody that work gets two dollars an hour i don't think people know that people get two bucks an hour especially in texas i didn't know when i first moved here i knew in new york that they get that which is crazy well some of the nice restaurants in new york you pay to work yeah yeah which is what i mean they get Tipped like crazy. Yeah. Then there's that one asshole. Dollar. (laughs) Hey, fucker. But it is sad here in in Austin uh, that you get $2.40 an hour or whatever, the federal minimum wage. We used to do, when I bartended in Portland, Mm -hmm. uh, Northwest 21st and Burnside. Okay. The bitter end. Oh, oh, the bitter end. Yeah. That's a good bar. First opened. Uh Uh, We were in there, and I remember um, a guy left some change. Yeah. That's. The ultimate dish. and I turned the music off and turned the lights on <laughs> the night is over people <laughs> <laughs> such a dick Jason like, does not like change like, hey asshole you left your change he's like no that's yours and I boom boom and everyone's like what's going on I'm like this asshole left me 75 cents on two drinks and people started throwing ice at me. <laughs> yeah. No, that sounds like Portland. That sounds like Portland, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're Everybody's good, sort of passively sitting around until somebody is pointed out as an asshole, and then they're like, oh, yeah, you're an ice. ice. Ice, you're an asshole. <laughs> and I said, all right, let's keep the party going. And then he had the balls to come back. <laughs> the balls. You know, this uh, this vodka cram, is, it's a little lot of the vodka. And he drank mm-hmm. half of it. So you hand it to me, I'm real sorry. Yeah. Sorry about the ice being thrown. I hope you don't lose an eye. Yeah, but I hope you have a slight concussion. Not not football concussion, but sure. you know, like I don't know, like volleyball concussion. Yeah, miserable. Bonked in the head. Yeah, slightly miserable. Slightly miserable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My life story for everyone. <laughs> Are you slightly miserable? Uh-huh. Yay! I'm so much happier. <laughs> I feel like you, that would do really well in the '90s. That's like a, a solid '90s. Oh, that's a great band. Sitcom. Oh, oh yeah, it's oh, a great band. band. Yeah, that's a good band. With the, with the Cure, touring with the Cure is slightly uh-huh. miserable. Uh-huh. Not as much makeup as the Cure because they don't have the energy. Uh-huh. You know. Oh, totally. Oh, totally for yeah. sure. But uh, I just started pouring the vodka, and he goes, "That's enough." I said, "No, no, it's not." <laughs> He's like, "Hey, that's enough." I go, "Uh, no, you're not the fucking bartender. Last time it wasn't enough. Now yeah. it's too much. Drink the fucking drink." Uh-huh. He's like, "Excuse me." I'm like, "Put it to your lips and drink it." Uh-huh. I'll turn the lights back on, and this guy is like, Mom, Jesus Christ, I don't want the lights back on. <laughs> well, I entirely believe that story because you didn't establish at all that you ever lie. No, no, I don't lie. Uh, that's that's a true story. Um, true story that also came up with, um, it's like, we had this line that we always tell people, what the hell is that? Uh, it's just the end of the world. Just the end of the world. We're we're literally we're in a hallway bar. We're in a dark uh-huh. bar party. So if you hear weird background noise or anything, understand. There's like three stories above us. There's construction going on all around us. Uh, Leslie has muted the TVs for us. Which is uh, nice. How I Met Your Mother is still on. How I Met Your Mother FX Marathon. Always running. Always on. There's a pinata in here. There's weird red lighting. You know what's interesting about How I Met Your Mother is that it's like the 2000s Friends, right? It, it so is. it's like the continuation of Friends. They are always drinking, and Friends, I've only seen one episode where they drink. Yeah, well, Friends wasn't realistic. Yeah. I they really were at the bar, clearly every night. They were, they were at a coffee shop. But that's when Starbucks was coming out, and the, the idea of getting a latte or a mocha was so oh, yeah. unique. True. It's like, where did you get that? What yeah. is that? 
It's a Alati. Alati. Mmm, is that with milk? Mm-hmm. Yeah, fucker, it's with milk. It's called a latte. And we are, I know Leslie's going to walk in. You're going to hear a creak in the background, party people. That is just, this Leslie coming in. Walking in. Here she is. She is, uh, what's that? Oh, no, we're recording. Oh, it's yeah. fine. Recording. Don't worry about it. We're recording. Leslie's here. She's got her dog, Merle. Mr. Oh, Merle Haggard is famous. Oh, hello, Merle. And he got shots oh, in his booty, and Merle is joining oh, hello, us. Merle. Merle is so sweet. And hey, Merle, as, oh, as, as a young man, Merle, as a, as, a, as a handsome young man, um, <laughs> Fletch drops one of the greatest pickup lines of all time, which is, as a woman answers the door in a towel, Merle, he says, my car just hit a water buffalo. Can I borrow your towel? Mr. Merle Haggard, what is your line for the ladies? How did you get Leslie? Hmm? I think it's just, just, just fluffy kisses. Yeah. Mr. Fluffy oh, kisses. Yeah. How old is Merle? Merle is, tomorrow is his adoption day. Ooh. So that's his birthday to me, and yeah. it, that'll be three. Wow. I've had him for two years. Three he years old. When I got years young. Mr. So Merle Haggard. It's your birthday tomorrow. So that's why we got all of our shots. Right. We got so our shots in the oh, booty. No. Oh, buddy. Your little foots. Oh, big boy. So, uh, oh, David, yeah. what, was, what, what was the line that got your lady to say yes to a date for you? Oh, say yes to a date. Um, yes. I'm going to have to bring back. Uh, I mean, the we were friends for a long time before oh. we actually started dating. You broke out of the friend zone? Oh, yeah. Oh, I yeah. mean, it wasn't even uh, even necessarily just the friend zone. Mm-hmm. But it, it was a mutual friendship that we both enjoyed, and that there was a little bit of tension there always. Okay. But she's actually my buddy's sister. Oh, So wow. that was the danger. That is the danger zone. Yeah. I mean, you just can't go trying to date your friend's siblings. Yeah. That's a bad move. You don't date friends, siblings. Uh-huh. You don't date your bartender. Uh huh. There's like there's a there's a couple there's a couple of things you you just you never do. Yeah. Right? Except you know? I, I did that. You did that, and yeah. it worked out. But it, it worked, worked out. out. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. you're still friends. Oh yeah, we're still friends. Okay. He's gonna be at my wedding. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, we just you know that that friendship helped build a strong relationship. Uh, it allowed us to really understand each other mm-hmm. before anything turned. Uh, into it more intense nice. and, uh, and so there wasn't necessarily one line it was just a compilation of years of lines interesting very nice okay. I had uh, Father John we uh, my almost seven foot tall friend dear dear friend of mine we were hanging out and he goes hey I want to I was living in Newport Beach um, I hadn't decided if I was going to move to Austin yet but I was getting the itch to go somewhere and mm-hmm. he goes hey let's go out and let's Get some labels. Yeah, and I was like, first of all, we're not we're not hunting. We're right. not going fishing. Right. No, this is these it's are a, humans. These are yeah. humans. It's a weird. If you want to talk thing. about hunting humans? That yeah. could be different. That right. could be different. It's Fifty grand. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we've established that. Uh-huh. We've established. So call them fifty thousand uh-huh. dollars. Uh, you get a thousand up front to hear the pitch, and then if you want to buy, you're in. Um, I said, but he goes, well, no, you always seem to find ladies at the bar. Like, how do you do it? Uh-huh. I said, I will tell you. Tell everyone it's the best way to do it. Yeah. You go to a bar a little bit early. Sure. You find the corner of the bar with you and a friend. Mm-hmm. You're both single or he's a serial cheater. And you sit down at the corner of the bar and you bring the bartender over and you order whatever you want to have. Mm-hmm. And then you tip extremely well. You sure. say, hey, just, you know, it's going to get busy in here, I know. Um, one, I just want people 
pushing through between us as we're trying to have a conversation and B, I just want to make sure, no, we're, we're going to take care of you. Right. And then you sit there and, and hang out. And he's like, I don't know how this is going to work. And I said, oh, I'll tell you how it works. It's one, you tip so well, they actually only come down to you when you ask for a drink. So when you see some cute girls that come up, they are going to be ignored. Hmm. It's the best thing ever. One, and then you go, sorry, ladies, do you need something? Hold on. Hey, uh, Jim, Jim. Hi, bud. Sorry. One, fresh round for the compadre and I. And then two, um, you know, these young ladies, I'll get them a cocktail, whatever, whatever they would like. Right. And I go, and then, John, then this is where you win. Yeah. You just stand up and offer them your seat because you're seven feet tall. Sure. And he's like, this is not going to work. But nope, works every time. Interesting. That's all you do. Interesting. And don't talk too much. Yeah. Which is my hard part. Uh, and we sat down there, and I, this subtle guilt telling this story only because then um, years later, my, my grandfather was a very nice man, passed away. But we were right. sitting in Newport Beach, and I'd, I have this old man sweater, mm-hmm. very comfortable. Mm-hmm. And I don't like to go out to dress to impress. I dress for comfort. Sure. Uh, much like my pink shoes in basketball. Yeah, yeah. They're cheap. They're but easy. They they're comfortable, and they fit. Yeah. So this old man sweater on with these big buttons, and this guy's like, "Hey, man, we're in Southern California. It's not that hot out that you need a like a shawl." Yeah. I was like, "This was my grandfather's sweater. Um, he died uh, when he was wearing this, and a bull hit him from behind. So I oh. wear it in his memory." And she started to cry. Oh. <laughs> and then I started to laugh. Yeah. <laughs> dark, dark turn. Uh-huh. Um, but then we we left with those ladies. She was a massage therapist, very talented. Sure. Um, yeah, but it's one of those things where it's like the guys that go out and are like, we're going to pick up some ladies. I'm like, no, you're not. You're going right. home alone. Oh, yeah. Because you just, it doesn't happen that way. Right. But go out, sit down, have a cocktail, have a drink. Uh, people think it's a bad word. I don't think so. Manipulate the situation <laughs> to your advantage. <laughs> you're like, no, I don't think manipulate's a bad word. Yeah. That's good PR right there. <laughs> I don't think manipulate is a bad word at all. See, it's a good word. Um, well, but I, I was even going to be kinder to you and say oh, nice. <laughs> that what it shows is that women don't like creepy, aggressive men. Women like nice, casual men. Yeah, that's true. They like when you act like a human to them. When you're actually just being a gentleman? Uh-huh. Yeah, it's different, right? Uh, it's, it is a little, uh, it's, a, it's a little bit different when you break down how you want to not necessarily talk to someone, but how, you kind of—it's it's that whole thing, you know. Treat them how you want to be treated. And it seems simple, mm-hmm. but then the difference is—is is, you know, guys are guys, and we're, we're just a hair off of apes. Sure. And I was like, yeah, but like, show them my biceps. Right. She's and I love it. my biceps. Yeah. <laughs> I'm treating her like I want to be treated, right? I'm a human. She's a human. I love my biceps. I'm a flex for her. Uh huh. Yeah, you know. I mean, there's a certain amount of evolution that still needs to happen with men, um, psychologically, uh, emotionally, and I think it's happening. You think so? Yeah, slowly. I think <laughs> that, uh, slowly. That sort of antiquated um, selfishness that men have mm-hmm. is seeping away as women get stronger voices. Yeah, I definitely. Mean, I'm definitely selfish. I. Yeah. Shocking, right? But. Sure. I mean, you're know, human, so I don't mean... I, I mean yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. It's, There's going to be selfishness. There just is. It's like, yeah. I'll be like, let's... I, I've got my daughter conned into it. Our neighborhood drinks together in a couple of different driveways. Sure. And my daughter conned into me like, 
Dad, let's go see what Uncle Trey's doing. I'm like, he's my neighbor. Let Dad grab a six-pack real quick, and we'll go uh. see what Uncle Trey's doing. I'm like, hey, um, we'd like to show Harper how to jump rope. Come on over. So he's got his daughter's con into training my daughter, who's a couple years younger, to do cool shit. Yeah. And then we sit down and have random conversations. Just and, hang out. And hang out. Yeah. The dogs play. We drink. You are free. I That's your moment of freedom. Free. That's your pre-airport oh, air, airline. It's amazing. Someone... Someone's stealing a car. Car alarm. It's this yeah. guy. Uh, good job. No, seriously. Just you, what I want you to do is let that be. Uh huh. That's where I think. I think it all. sets a nice ambiance, right? Well, it does. It sets a really nice ambiance. I'm gonna pause this real, uh-huh. real quick here. And we are back after a little pause and a ah, another cocktail, another Austin Bjorks. Um. Oh, whoops, hold on. I switched this up here. You, you want Peacemaker? Oh, okay. Okay. Do Peacemaker. You want Peacemaker? Yeah. I'm doing Fire Eagle. We've, we've now done the rainbow of colors. Eh, Fletch is usually a three beer, maybe four beer movie, depending on the conversation. Dave and I are at a two. I'm at three. He's at two. I definitely I, have not had six beers. No, we haven't. Yeah. I mean, that's for later. Uh, but it's, it is one of those things where you find it and you go, you know, this is, this is pretty interesting, only because... People, you're going to get a little frustrated. Like, where are you in the movie? What, what's happening? The the car chase is happening. The famous car chase. Uh, but this is the point of this is that I should be able to tell you, if you've watched the film, oh, the car chase. And everyone's like, shit, I know what's going on. But also, we were just talking about this while the horn was still going off, is that this is one of those unique things where if you know a movie really well and you invite a buddy over and you put it on in the background, you're having a conversation. This is what it's about. So... For the first one, this actually perfectly sets the tone for, for, for what's going on. Now, every 80s movie, I think, pretty much except for Rambo, uh, had a car chase scene. Mm-hmm. Um, he's in, a, I think, a Fiat. Somehow with the top down and no windscreen in the back, his hat's staying on. His hat's staying on. That's a really hey, tight hat. That's got to be a super tight hat. He has one, two, three, four, five cops chasing him. Um, he's an excellent driver. I feel like there are never horns in car chase scenes, which maybe is unrealistic. I don't, you know, I think you're Does right. Does anybody ever honk? I think you get them, but I don't think you get the real honk. I mean, I do, he's chewing gum, he's uh, very relaxed. Uh-huh. And this is what I find interesting, is he's somehow tricked the cops and he's now driving behind them. I would probably slow down a lot if, if I... If, you, if you're already if, behind, if they've passed them. you, yeah. then why wouldn't you just stop? Yeah. Well, I mean, he's on the freeway. That's true. That's one reason. But the now LA, he's just taunting them. And also, it's the LA freeway. No yeah. one's driving this fast on any LA right, freeway. Right, right. Um, yeah. We've got a car flip, which is, I think, a part of every... Oh, every... Every, every chase. chase. Every now, chase. I think there may be not a car chase scene in Rambo, but I'm sure there's a helicopter chase scene, right? In Rambo 2. Ah, uh, Rambo 2. First Rambo, he walks, yeah. down the, he walks down the street... All camoed out, stinky. Uh-huh. After a, oh yeah, you turn your bike in. How's your wife with the herpes? My what? Uh oh. The, the fact that anything made it through there yeah. is, is amazing. Especially, a, is it a Porsche? That is a Fiat. Oh, it's a Fiat. Which is interesting. I'm not a car guy, if you couldn't tell. <laughs> yeah, you're like, is that a Lamborghini? <laughs> it is a Lamborghini. It's a very nice, nice Lamborghini. Um, but I do. I, I love this part where so you've gone from one. You basically, in a, in a, previously, the cops have framed him. Chief's going to kill him. He gets out. The cops are after him again. He's a man without a country. He's made fun of these cops. He's 
belittled them in excellent driving. Mm -hmm. And now he's going to turn around and then ask everyone to hug a cop. He's going to go in. He's going to break in. It's a smart move. It's a smart move. It's an interesting move. um, If you think about it, only because once again, he is... uh, He's figured out a way to do this. Fletch is a unique thing. I mean, as, as far as a movie goes, because one, he's this crazy eccentric, goofy journalist, but at the same time, he puts out great reporting. Mm-hmm. Right? So, like, I haven't seen any reporting yet, but yeah, the, yeah allegedly, yeah, yeah, right? There's yeah. real good stories. Allegedly, a very good writer. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, he's he's a misogynistic asshole who dreams of playing for the Lakers, six four, six nine, with the afro. Sure. Uh, he doesn't like the police, but then he needs the police, but then he busts the police, but then he says, hug a cop. Mm-hmm. It is a world of contradiction. Mm-hmm. And he's never himself. I mean, probably this is one of those unique movies where you actually never know the character. Yeah. So, I mean, if this were like an early 2000s movie, it would actually be that he was in his own head the whole time. And this were all a oh. stuff, like a, a trip. Or like a he wakes uh, up a psychological breakdown. It's just Joe Rogan waking up in his isolation <laughs> yeah. tank. He's like, well, shouldn't uh, have had that edible. Crazy movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I uh, love isolation tanks. It's like, Jesus Christ, this was all about an isolation tank. Uh, it could be. It could be. It could be your isolation tank. Uh, Absolutely. I, so I feel like there are uh, Chevy Chase families, and then I was trying to think of. Who, what the other one would be like Steve uh, Martin families Dan Aykroyd families Dan, well I feel like Dan Aykroyd's more on the Chevy Chase side Bill Murray maybe Bill Murray no that's still Chevy Chase side Belushi same same yeah interesting I'm trying to think who else uh, I agree with you there, there are Steve Martin families yeah I was a Steve Martin family Steve which is why. and so I, that's why I never saw Fletch I never loved the uh, um Christmas Vacation, as much as some people love it. Really? I like it. Yeah. Good movie, of course. Once, a year, like once a year, it's a good yeah. movie. But even that, it's a little much for me. And my fiance wants to watch it every year. I'm like, I guess. Does she want to watch Die Hard as well? Does she see that no, as a Christmas movie? No, she's not a Die Hard. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, not perfect. That's okay. Yeah. That's a great Christmas movie. It's a great Christmas movie. Uh, Gremlins, Christmas mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the pure classic, the Christmas story, right? Yes. But Lethal, nobody wants to watch it anymore. By the way, um, oh. under the radar Christmas movie. Yeah. Lethal Weapon. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, you forget about that. People forget about that. Uh-huh. Everyone jumps to Die Hard. I jump to Die Hard. Because it's in L.A., right? Because it's in L.A. You blow, up a, you blow up a whole building. But you think about there's two or three buildings that Lethal Weapon blows up. Like they, yeah. they took Die Hard. They put it on steroids. Mm-hmm. They, they added... Um, uh, at that time, who we thought was a sane and rather handsome Mel Gibson. Right. Uh, with great, I mean, perfect mullet. Feathered hair up front. Mm-hmm. Was the breaking point for him Jesus dying? Or, uh... I think it was right after Jesus where he, he the wheels, they came off. Yeah, and Jim Caviezel's career tanked after that too. It the did, didn't it? Well, Jesus. he ended up doing um, CBS television. Yeah. And I didn't actually didn't mind that television show. Uh, Only because I could put it on in the background and and pick it up halfway through, like uh-huh. I'd already seen the whole episode, and be like, oh, I know what's gonna happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just in general what I think CBS TV is inspiring. <laughs> <laughs> it's inspiring to fifty-year-old pluses that uh-huh. forget half the shit they see and go, still there. Uh-huh. NCIS has made fifteen years of being like, I'm pretty sure Mark Harmon's gonna have a witty comment. Yeah. 
um, chiseled veteran of television, and we're good. Launching actors' careers by the idea of just playing a dead body. Yes, it's true. Uh-huh. NCIS. Well, if you think about it, they've really made the Navy look cool. And not just yeah. the Navy. Yeah. The Navy Criminal Investigation Unit. Oh, it's the Navy. See, I didn't even know it was the Navy. It was like National Criminal Investigation. Yeah, yeah. They're I just... They are, they are Coast Guard cops on steroids. That's uh, all they are. But don't they have different cities? So it's just different. Don't they have like NCIS Miami? They do. They're all, they're at all the port cities. Wow. They're like sailors. There's a lot about NCIS I didn't know. Just in every port. But they don't do a lot of ship work, which yeah. is weird, right? They're, they're not really on the ships. They're yeah. never on the ships. Yeah. And you see them on the ship, and you're like, oh, special edition of NCIS. <laughs> Fucking Navy cops are on a ship. Uh, What's going on? It's kind of like Fletch where it, there's a journalist that doesn't really do any reporting. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But then magically, the words come out. Yeah. He's like, I'm a great writer. Well, that's the thing that they always do in, like, kind of, be, not, not that Fletch is a bad journalism movie. I still have not really seen most of it. But like in sort of the bad journalism movies, they're just sort of like sitting there typing away, writing their like uh, giant expose that they like have no information about. Like, yeah, as if they've contained all their reporting up in their head. Oh, that's where that's what you do, right? Yeah, no, no. just free, just off the cuff. Right. Yeah, just like ah, uh, Dropbox, the blah blah blah, and then I just happen <laughs> to know all the statistics that are in that 10K filing about. I, first of all, if you don't if you don't use stats, you don't have to worry about it. <laughs> yeah, right. It's true. You don't have to worry about a thing. It's just like facts. If you uh, make up the facts, then they're true. But if you believe them enough, um, I've, I've heard that we have a president that does that. Sure. Uh, if you believe them enough, they are they are true. Because reality is defined by consensus. Right, that's true. So if the consensus is this, the, he doesn't have a spray tan, then uh-huh. he doesn't have a spray tan. Uh-huh. Yeah, I feel like you're hitting on some good 1970s media theory. <laughs> <laughs> Marshall McLuhan is <laughs> rolling over his grave. <laughs> Woodward and Bernstein are like, I hope he gets hit by a fucking car. <laughs> hey, God, why are you watching out for this guy? I mean, we did a lot of good reporting. <laughs> I was texting with a local reporter about some shady, weird stuff that had happened in Austin. And, sure. And she's like, listen, Jason, I like you. But just tell me what the fuck is going on. Right. Because I'm going to get to the bottom of this. Right. I was like... Yeah, you are a good reporter. Mm. Listen, here's what's happening, but here's what we want them to do. And it was, she was like, okay, now that makes sense. Well, it was a good hedge on her part because she did get to the bottom of it by yeah. getting you to tell her yeah. what the bottom was. And I don't really care. No, 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 no. no. My yeah. thing is, no, I mean, you know, I didn't, and, and this is one of those weird things where when we played basketball for a year together before I ever reached out to you, yeah. I didn't even knew that you were, I didn't even know yeah, you were yeah. a reporter. yeah. But it was it was fun because I was like, oh, here you go. Like I don't care. Right. It's like when when Christopher Callan used to work here, you know, I would always call him. I mean, like I don't know. I mean, I'm sending this email because someone wants me to. Right. But it's it's kind of bullshit. Sure. And um, this is the real story if you actually want to write. Sure. And be like, thanks. I mean, he's living in Boston now again. Oh yeah, and, I did see that. Yeah. You know, and, and enjoying life. But he, I mean, we still chat maybe once a week, once that's every nice. other week. Yeah, that's good. You know, and they just catch up see how he's doing but he's one of those he's like you're one of those guys you no bullshit you just don't yeah. it's not that i don't care it's right. that but i don't you know it doesn't service you it doesn't service something yeah. yeah yeah a reporter's gonna figure it out at some point regardless and, and you don't want to be giving a story to a reporter that doesn't figure it out because then you're gonna get a bad story oh god <laughs> just the worst you know you'd see like well what happened here how come this story is so inaccurate 
you know, and everyone wants to blame the reporter. Right. Get more money than shitty PR. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, it just depends. I mean, like, a lot of folks just uh, don't want to seem like they don't know something, even mm-hmm. especially reporters, don't want to seem like they don't understand something. Yeah. So when you're doing business stuff, nobody understands what half the businesses are doing out there, so you have to keep on asking, why, why, what does that mean, what does that mean, until they make it clear. Until they make it clear. Yeah. That's true. I mean, I've had people be like, no, break it down, or send me all the documents. Uh-huh. Send all the documents. I didn't read them. Just tell me. <laughs> yeah. Three sentences, what's uh-huh. going on? That's what I'm going to read on the news. And I'm like, all right, Ron Burgundy, here we go. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. So it's funny you mentioned reaching out because when you reached out to me uh, to meet up the first time mm-hmm. after we've known each other for about a year, because I feel like we didn't get along in basketball before you reached out to me. You I would agree I, with you that. You and I were kind of like... We butted heads we butted a little heads bit. Yeah. But also, I mean, I naturally just, and it's, it's, because you're, you're actually a very calm person. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I pretend like I could be calm. <laughs> Which will get me actually not calm. And someone seems like they're calm. And then, and then they're like all of a sudden upset because I'm fouling them. Yeah. But I'm just, and I, but I'm also, like, there's something about me. I don't know. Like, there's a part of me that can just be. An, an asshole uh-huh. sometimes. I mean, and I admit it. Like, I regularly oh, admit yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. No, you, I, you say that often. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's no hiding the fact that there are points in time where I'm like, oh, you know what, I'm just, I'm being an asshole. Sure. Or I was an asshole, or I'm just kind of an asshole. This is just what I kind of do or don't do. Right. What the hell? Right. And, um, you know, it was, it was, but it, you're absolutely right. Like, uh-huh. we, it was that Thursday night game on uh-huh. a shitty court. Uh-huh. And I think it was, there was a, there was a, 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 a sea of, of, convolution that, that kind of came about yeah of uh, whether it was part some of the other people that played there whatever sure, it was sure. yeah that made that um a uh a contentious thing which i think you're oh, absolutely totally. correct yeah we definitely I mean, it's funny that we both remember it uh yeah it, but then you reached out and i think we kind of understood each other better yeah after that and then you're and then it's almost like at some point in some ways you're like oh no like I can almost be a Jason Buffer here and be like, oh, okay. Oh, totally. Yeah. 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 Here it is. Well, and you realize you couldn't make me mad because then I would never write about your companies. It's true. <laughs> Not true at all. I just, once again, you're like, oh, I just, he thinks, I don't think he cares. Yeah. He's no. just kind of an asshole sometimes. But it's true. Yeah. I definitely can't be the Jason Buffer because, especially when uh, Mark is involved, I, I don't yeah. buffer as much, but yeah. I know that at some point you're going to yell at Mark. Man, I just, I, <laughs> if I get, it just, he runs by and he just hits. <laughs> Uh-huh. Or he just puts his hands up like, I'm like, is it a foul? As you're running by, he grabs you by the arm and pulls you. Yeah. It's like, what's going on? What are you doing? Why, why are you being that guy? But my favorite get... you yelling at Mark is just like when he's sort of just running around, not doing anything, and you're just thinking, like, why are you even playing basketball? He's running in circles, creating chaos. Yeah. And that's when you get the maddest at him. That's when I get the most of that. Or, and you know, and this has happened, of course, with, with us playing on the same team and opposite teams, is, is that frustration of people not running or kind of quitting. Yeah. Totally. And it's like, no, you can't. Why are you way out here? Why are you out here? Yeah. Come on. Somebody We're, else is sitting on the sidelines to play. Who wants to play? Yeah. Who actually wants to play? Yeah. And it's just, yeah, it's one of those things. I can't, I can't wrap my head around it. You know, um, hopefully that that visceral energy will uh, run itself through this podcast in some way, right. and allow it to continually get better and better. Uh, because not that my game gets better and better, I get older and older, but it is that it, I want that level of competition for this, right? I sure. want that idea of coming in and you know, like 
before where maybe I wouldn't stretch a stretch, right? Right. Do some warm up shots. You want a, a bunch of other people to make podcasts where they talk during movies? No, maybe you I, can get. I, yeah, I, I kind of do, right? You know, actually, I wouldn't mind that. That'd be kind of fun. Just get a couple more out there. Like, eh, we can do this, and then I'm just the best of the shittiest talking during movies podcasts that there you go. barely touch on the movie. Right. Uh, by by the way, have you ever been to Utah? Real quick, uh, yeah, as Fletch is in Utah right now. Okay, yeah, visiting the parents. I went um, to Salt Lake once to Deer Valley. Ski? Uh, I sat around while other people skied. It's my favorite thing to do. You like skiing? No, no, I like sitting oh, around. Sitting around, around yeah, yeah. I like drinking at the bar in that's the ski lodge. Yeah, because that's it what it's about. Really relaxing. And the people that skied actually didn't enjoy the trip. I had a great time. Yeah. Well, I mean, one, you get to hear everyone's shitty ski story, right? Uh-huh. And they're like, "Oh, yeah, believe this up," and you're like, "Shut up." That's why I'm here in the bar drinking. Totally. Having a good time. Yeah, I did. I did ski once. Went down the steepest hill that I've ever been on. Uh-huh. Uh huh. About a million miles an hour. It, it, they called it cross country skiing. Okay. And they said it wasn't a steep hill. Okay. It was. It was. Oh, I, I, yeah. If I could show you f- photos, at uh, least a one degree grade. Aggressive. Aggressive. I did. Uh, we were drinking the night before, and I made a bet that I could steal this guy's hat. Sure. It's a huge, huge, huge minute. And get away with it. Uh-huh. We did. And then, um, for some reason, I, I get drunk and make dumb bets. And the bet was, sure. if I got to do this, then I got to wear the hat. Yeah. Skiing tomorrow, but you guys got to pick up my outfit. Okay. So they got me knee-high socks, gym shorts, a light blue t-shirt that in brown fuzzy letters said Harlem across the front. And um, I got a snowboard for the first time in that outfit. Wow. And where was this? This was in Colorado, and they okay. took me to the top of the mountain, and that was cold. Yeah. Obviously. Sure. And I never snowboarded before. And I'm not, like, I never skateboarded before. I'm in Montana. Like, we have gravel roads. Right. We're not skateboarding anymore. Right, right. Uh, so I just sat down in the middle of the snowboard, and I just went straight down the mountain. Yeah. Beanie on, sunglasses, no gloves, because I forgot them. Just going. And just went down. Got to the bottom, um, and then walked into the bar. It was wet from the snow. At, the nicest people. Yeah. I didn't realize all the women's restrooms had blow dryers. Mm-hmm. Sit down with a blow dryer. Mm-hmm. Got three blow dryers on me, and I looked at that coffee boozy menu. Yeah. I said, we'll start at the top. Oh, we're just going to work, work our way, way down. down. We're just going to have a little fun. Yeah. That's a good way to handle a booze menu. Oh, it was perfect. By the uh, halfway through, it was, we were, I mean, I had the bar singing songs. We were having fun. Mm-hmm. The blow dryers were microphones. Mm-hmm. People would come in with snow on them. We'd blow dry them real quick and blow the snow off of them. We thought it was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Had a great day. Your life is kind of like a 1980s teen movie. <sighs> kind of, but a lot more booze and way less rainy. Oh, I mean, that's true. Yeah, good point. 1980s. That's true. That's a good point. I mean, if there's if there's a Me Too generation out there, it's any woman who starred in a 1980s film. Yeah. Oh, that's rough. It's sad. It's, it's sad, but it's... You can't. You couldn't make porkies again. No. Yeah. You couldn't make sixteen candles. Was about rape. Was it? Oh my gosh. I'm forever. Oh, dude, don't watch it again. It's horrible. That's terrible. It's well, a terrible film. Speaking of which, they're remaking Overboard, which is another movie about rape. It is. You're absolutely right. It is. He takes a woman that doesn't have a memory and tells her he, she's his wife and has sex with her. Yeah. That's terrible. Terrible film. Yeah. How do they make it? I wonder how they're going to remake it. They're remaking it. it with a man being a woman, but that's well, still rape. Still, still rape. Yeah. It's awful. 
I, yeah, it's just, you know, I, mean, I think there's a, there's a, we, we discussed this when we were starting this podcast. It's like, what movies are we going to do and not do? Which ones are we going to, uh-huh. you know, and, and where do we provide, where do we give social commentary and not? And, you know, your social credit score goes up. Yeah. And then do you cash in on that? Um, we're going to do the NFL alumni party. And uh-huh. someone asked me, goes, are you going to do the Will Smith movie, you know, concussion? I'm like, no, bitch. I'm not yeah. doing concussion. I'm doing any given Sunday. Yeah. And I'm doing the last Boy Scout. Yeah, it seems almost disrespectful to do like concussion. Yeah, where you're just talking over it. Yeah, I'm just like I'm, ta- I'm talking. I'm, <laughs> basically, I'm creating their life for them. Uh-huh. <laughs> they live with a they live with a voice talking over them the whole fucking time. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna do that. Good yeah. job, Jay. During uh, Hanukkah, you can do Schindler's List, right? Yeah, yeah perfect. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's like no, let's talk about the seriousness of this. Uh-huh. But, uh, yeah, it's it's a. Um, it's an, it's an interesting concept to think about one where you what movies you you do and don't do and then when you watch them mm-hmm. what um reflectively now when you see them right. what's going on I mean like even in Fletch he's on the plane going up to Utah and he goes to record himself so I know you do often sure. you're just in the moment oh yeah just always recording got my thoughts just recording you know, your thoughts. thoughts and you hear this sex happening and he's a, you know just heavy breathing and she goes are, are you recording this? Hmm. And he goes, no, no, never, never would. Mm-hmm. And it's like, dude, first of all, I, I mean, I grew up in a day and age where even shitty porn online was porn online. Uh-huh. I can't imagine a day and age where it was like, oh no, that heavy breathing, that's sex. Yeah. I'm going to remember that moment. <laughs> right. right I got to record that. I'm going to record this right on a little tiny tape. Yeah. Well, maybe you just don't have the same kind of fetishes that some people. Maybe you're being a fetish racist. I hope so. Yeah. I, I Actually, I'm okay with that. I'm yeah. A thousand you're okay with that. that I'm okay with that only because I think it's such a weird thing. I'm, and and I, think it's, I think it's great that even in this day and age, we can still pick on fetishes. Sure. You that, should be able that to. hasn't been taken from you. It's not been taken from you. Yeah. You can you can pick on fetishes all day long, no matter what people want to do. They want to dress up in a given suit and roller skate in the sand. Mm-hmm. Knock yourself Go out. Go for it. Yeah. Have fun. Yeah, enjoy. Do it. it. But seriously, what? You're a freak. You're a freak. Go for it. Go, Go for and do it. it. Yeah. Don't do it. Go have fun. Knock yourself out. So speaking of recording things, yes. uh, my other buddy does a podcast, a barbecue podcast. Ooh. And I was with him at a barbecue joint recently mm-hmm. uh, where the owner of that said place was kind of drunk talking to him and kept seeing his e-cigarette. It was like, I know you're recording this. You can't use any of it. Believing that the e-cigarette was a voice recorder, which my buddy was like, oh yeah, yeah, I am. He wouldn't hold it up just to mess the with the drunk person. e-cigarette? Yeah. So that's a, that's a typical story for me. Kind of no point, just to the side. It's like my brain was working. My brain was I, paranoia is really what it was. Uh, uh, it was he was a he was a crazy paranoid person. Yeah. Like, who looks at it? It's fat. First of all, yeah, fascinating, fascinating. Yeah. Secondly, I mean, your your buddy sounds like the barbecue podcast Fletch, where mm-hmm. he's just. He's under undercover brother recording and breaking shit down oh, in yeah. a way that just cannot be done in, in, in any way, shape, or form. Totally. Now, now, question: As we, um, so the movie's coming up to an end here. Fletch is gonna, he's at the paper. His given suit's done. He's gonna write his. He's gonna write his story finally. They've mm-hmm. now made. They've run two advertisements on this on, on how amazing it is. 
the chief of police is involved, Samwick's involved, everyone's been arrested. As in every court case, when you've been paid $50,000 and, and, and no one's going to collect it, he keeps it. Uh-huh. You got 50 grand, you got, you got, a, you got a wedding coming up. Uh-huh. I'm going to give you $50,000. Where are you going? What are you doing? Where are we going for this wedding? Yeah. I, I mean, I think I'll actually take about 10000 and invest in, uh, you know, some high, uh, high yield bonds. Uh, take another 10000 and invest in some blue chip stocks. No, mm-hmm. that's not the answer you want? No. No. Okay. Uh, I guess I would go to an island. Just an island? Yeah, just go hang out in the nice, whether that's, I mean, I, my initial thought was Puerto Rico, but Puerto Rico is not doing great right now. Think of all the things you can buy there. Yeah, and can't buy electricity. Mm, that's true. Solar. <laughs> you can bring a lot of solar. Uh huh. Um, yeah, I'd probably do that. Maybe take a little uh, uh, vacation. Maybe go to Buenos Aires. Ooh, go nice. to Argentina. Nice. Climb the climb the mountains there. I think that'd be fun. Where would you go? See, you know, I'd so I. Um, for our honeymoon, we did Thailand. Mm-hmm. Love Thailand. Had a lot of fun. Uh, did Bangkok, did Chiang Mai, did the islands. Uh-huh. Oh, that's uh, fun. Cruised around. So kind of did all of Thailand, if you will. Um, watched a little bit of monkey boxing. That's super depressing. I know I really don't recommend it. it that sounds depressing. Big, huge enclosures in Thailand. I mean, they're amazing. They're huge. And they've got tigers in them. And they're like, hey, sign this paperwork, cruise in, hang out, and have a good time. And by the way, in case you're wondering, um, you gotta hang out with the Tigers, like real deal Holyfield. Oh, have a good time. And I think uh, actually, uh, who bit Holyfield's ear? Yeah, Tyson. He has a tiger. Not he has a tiger. He did have a tiger. He had a white tiger, uh-huh. unnatural in the wild. And you know, my wife's like, we should want to go hang out with the Tigers. I'm like, no, no, I don't. Yeah. And we're walking, and there's this chain link fence, barely up, twenty feet high. Sure. And this guy's walking by. He's like, I mean, what the tigers? I'm like, you're going to get eaten. I mean, it's not a matter. I mean, when was the last time the tigers were fed? I'd like to know. I would like them to have a stopwatch that starts, and every 30 minutes, they're just given another cow or whatever they eat. <laughs> but, you know, if I see a tiger at five minutes to go, uh-huh. you know, I stay away from that tiger, right? It's uh-huh. like this thing starts flashing. None of that. And this guy just walks up. This tiger is swinging some nuts. And he walks up, grabs the tiger. He's like, look, I got a tiger by the tail. And I was like, you're going to fucking die. Yeah. Stop being negative, bro. Stop being negative, bro. It's a fucking tiger. Yeah. I wouldn't do it to a Siamese cat. No, oh, yeah. You dumb son of a bitch. I mean, those scratches hurt. Yeah. So, uh, I, and all that. And then we we're going into Thailand. We, we fly in, and I have a tear in my passport. I know. I don't think it's a big deal. You can still read the number. You just mm-hmm. can't swipe it. Mm-hmm. And we go in, and my wife's got a perfect passport. Stamp, and she goes in, and... This guy throws him a flag, and I'm me. I'm like, what did I win? <laughs> yeah, you they did not win what you won. I didn't win anything. Yeah. They almost didn't let me in the country. Yeah. They took me up to the side. They sat me down with, you know, the guy who's got, you know, 10 pounds of heroin up his ass. The uh, other person who, you know, had baby alligator eggs sure. duct taped to him. Yeah. And then me. Yeah. The tear. Yeah. Fucking passport. And your best friend with those guys by the And I mean, time. I'm like, hey, guys, seriously. <laughs> I, can I, I'll put one egg in my butt. Uh-huh. I'll get it to where it needs to go, <laughs> as long as it doesn't hatch. Uh-huh. We're not Richard Gearing this moment. Is there, is there a movie? Oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Took me a second. <laughs> I was like, egg in his oh, butt. Oh, <laughs> yes. 
So we did our, so finally the guy comes over and he's like, what are you doing? Why would you have a tear? And I'm like, oh, you know, it's honeymoon. Yeah, there's no wife. He's like, that lady didn't marry you. Yeah. I was like, trust me. <laughs> a lot of people think that. Yeah. You're not the first. Yeah. You're not going to be the last. Yeah. He's like, well, why would she be with such a gross person? I'm like, I, I don't, I don't know what you mean by gross. Um, he goes, well, you have a tear in your past, but you're just, you're disgusting. Sure. I'm not putting our glorious country's stamp mm-hmm. on this. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, I would appreciate if you did. Mm-hmm. And he goes, no, I'm just not going to do it. And so we went back and forth, and then he brought other people out with guns and without guns, and they all yelled at me. <laughs> and then finally, he goes up and he stamps the passport and he writes something in it. He says, you're never welcome back to Thailand. Oh, so I'll tell you that story to know that I got 50 grand. I can't go back to Thailand. Are you banned from Thailand? I'm banned you, from Thailand. You are banned from Thailand. I know. Is that guy like the official Thailand banner? Did they fly him in? Oh, I hope so. I mean, I hope I got banned by a legit person. I almost yeah. want to fly to Thailand again. Just to see if just that guy see. was just fucking with you. But I'd like to go to New Zealand. I got 50 grand. Or I'll, see, I want to go to New Zealand, not Australia. Not because I don't like drinking with Australians. I love drinking with Australians. I think it's a lot of fun. They're sure, great people. crazy. But also, it's the most cursed place place on planet Earth. New Zealand or Australia? Australia. Australia, yeah. I mean, yeah. the 10 most poisonous snakes, yeah. Australia. Yeah. Really cute animals that can murder you, kangaroos, Australia. Yeah. Spiders that will eat you alive, Australia. It's a frightening place. It's a terrifying island. Yeah. It looks gorgeous, surrounded by great whites. You can't get in okay. or out. Yeah. And 90% of it's just this shit desert with alligators and flesh-eating viruses mm-hmm. and Komodo dragons and just shit everywhere. Stuff that generally you want to avoid. Yeah. So New Zealand, super nice people. They also like to drink. Not one poisonous thing on them. They don't even have poison ivy there. And they it's, have hobbits. They have hobbits. It's the most gentle place in the world. It's just it's, it's little people, booze, uh-huh. really nice airline. They got their, their country's got their own fucking airline. Uh-huh. There's my island. 50 grand, right to New Zealand. I can do some trout fishing with, with um, Tom Brokaw. Sure. I'll take the marbles Tom out of Brokaw his mouth. Hangs he loves to trout fish. Uh, oh, he doesn't just like hang out in New Zealand. No, That's I mean, he's awesome. little enough he could. I've met him. <laughs> he's not that big of a guy. Uh-huh. I used to be, uh, uh, I used to cook burgers in the 19th green oh. at, um, at Eagle Bend in Big Fork, Montana. Are there typically 18 holes? There are. The 19th is where you get your beer and your burger. Ah. And I met Tom Broca, and I met Huey Lewis from Huey Lewis in the News. Oh, wow. Um, and a couple other. I met John Lithgow there. Really? Yeah. What, there was a time and day when northwestern Montana was... Uh, it was It was the shit. Yeah. It was kind of a big deal. Yeah. It was. It was a lot of fun. So in New York, you run into celebrities every once in a while, right? Walking yeah. down the street. Oh, yeah. I met James Gandolfini in New York. Oh, walking really? down the street. Just walking down the street. I slapped him on the shoulder. I said, love you, big guy. And he told me to fuck off. Yeah, that, but that's great. That's like, <laughs> yeah, him saying he loves you, essentially. Yeah. I mean, that's the equivalent. It's the equivalent. I, uh, I was hanging out in the West Village one time. My friend was like, hey, we should get coffee. Where, where's the coffee shop? I was like, I don't know. She was like, okay, go ask that guy. And I was like, oh, that's Dexter. Oh, shit. Uh, and I was like, I'm not going to ask Dexter. You know, I, I just don't want to go. Yeah. I know that it's a celebrity now. I don't want to go bother Somebody that probably gets bothered all the time. Yeah. Yeah, hey, I don't night, want your autograph. But yeah. Do you know a good coffee you know a good shop? Maybe like yeah. where you get coffee, where you go to relax. I mean, I'm not going to go there now, but like if you went there on Tuesday at 10 and I was there on a Tuesday at 10, <laughs> and then I was like, oh my God, this is the coffee shop you recommended. Hey, dog. Can, Can I be in your entourage? Please, please, please. please. 
You let you you also do a double espresso? Amazing. <laughs> we are best fucking friends. In reality, you probably would have appreciated not being recognized had I just asked where yeah. coffee shop is. Yeah, but do you think your eyes would have given it away? They're like, hey, pal, excuse me. Oh, Jesus Christ, don't kill me. I mean, you know where coffee shop is? You know, I don't really murder people. Oh, okay. Well, that's actually the continuation of the story, is the oh. next night, I was playing basketball in Greenpoint, uh-huh. stopping in the bodega to get a Gatorade. Somebody opens the door and stares at me, and it's Dexter. And I was like, oh, shit, I just saw this guy yesterday yeah. He's in the West going Village. To kill you. Now I'm in Greenpoint in Brooklyn. He's literally going to kill me. He's following Like, this is what happens in the show. This is it. Did you look for cameras? Well, I just walked behind, like, against the wall, ran down to the subway, jumped on the train. I love bodegas. It's oh. one of my favorite things in the world. Oh, so good. Yeah. So good. And open all the time, get whatever you need. I used to smoke. I was a smoker. Okay. Lucy's. Oh, Lucy's yeah. Lucy's are the greatest thing. Lucy's are. You want to start quitting, you buy a single cigarette. Mm-hmm. It's out of the pack. Oh, yeah. But I also love that there's the bodega, there's the part that you see, and then there's, if, you, if you're in the neighborhood, you know what to ask for. Oh, totally. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, oh, okay, hold on a second. Yeah. Come back out. Uh, uh, PlayStation 4, they're like, yeah, of course, 100%. Yeah. Hold on. You're renting this one or you're buying it? I'm going to rent for an hour. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Can I get that uh, VHS of Fletch? Yeah, I got six copies. Which uh, one do you uh, want? Okay, yeah. perfect. Totally. And uh, there it is, my friend. We've come full circle to... Here. Blockbuster and VHS to bodegas and VHS, which I'm sure bodegas still rent VHS. Oh, let's not yeah. let's not fucking kid ourselves there. Yeah. Um, I can't thank you enough for for being here, uh, everyone. This podcast uh, theme music was done by the Distance Runners. Don't forget to tape your nipples when you run. Uh, they did talk, 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 talking during the movies. Uh, love those guys to death. Go um, go find their CD or their 8-track or their LP uh, or anything else you can get your hands on and buy it. Uh, once again, thanks to uh, Leslie and Dirty Bills for um, for housing us today and making this our, our unofficial headquarters. Thanks to Austin Beerworks for the great brews. We uh, love you guys. And once again, let's, uh, let's drink that brewery dry every month. And um, the experience firm, love him to death. And uh, I hope Elijah twists his ankle walking to his next meeting. Thank you all very much. We appreciate you. Love you guys. Bye.